Church Podcast. This is part five of our series, What Are You Building With Your Life? with a message entitled Endurance with Pastor Brent Jones. So we're in part five of our series that asks us the question, what are you building with your life? We talked about three specific functions, three important functions that when working properly, we're able to really build good things with our lives. If you recall, they were instruct. God gives us very clear guidance and instruction. Then we talked about discipline and how after receiving clear instruction, we must be disciplined in fleshing it out or else God himself will be the one who brings correction for us. But the big takeaway from that one was God disciplines the ones that he loves. If he didn't love you, he wouldn't discipline you. When we have instruction and discipline working in our lives, then we're not only able to follow God's leadership well, but we're also able to successfully lead other people, whether it's in our homes, in our places of work, in ministry, in sports, in all areas. So now we're gonna look at another very important function in life, and it's of utmost importance that we learn how to exercise this. And that function is endurance. I was talking to James, our technical director, yesterday. I said, man, I've been getting the fun ones lately. Hey, discipline, endurance. The definition of endurance is this. It is a contract represented by a policy in which an individual or entity receives financial protection or reimbursement against losses from a company. The company's the company pools clients' risks to make payments more affordable. I'm just getting a text here. Oh, it's Pastor Nelson. Uh-oh. That was the definition of insurance. <laughs> Sorry, Nelson, I typed, I, I made a typo when I typed it into Google. Well, this is awkward. Um, you guys are gonna learn about insurance today, I guess. It's okay to recycle a joke like once a year, right? (laughs) Endurance. It's not our favorite word in the world. Like I said, sort of in the same category as discipline. When we're enduring something, it usually means some sort of stress is upon us. It means we're going through something. Do you guys remember back in, I think it was like junior high physics class, um, we would have like build, uh, bridge building. You build a bridge out of popsicle sticks. Do you guys remember that? And the teacher would come around and he'd put weights on your bridge as a stress test, right? The ones that were well-developed, had good support, they would endure the test and you'd get a good mark. <clears throat> the ones that toppled over and broke under the weight would earn you a poor mark. Now, I mentioned two weeks ago that I wasn't a very strong math student. I definitely wasn't any good at popsicle stick bridge building either. A feather could have collapsed my bridge. I will say this, what I was good at in school, and this is gonna sound kind of weird, because I actually hated doing this, but I was actually really good at essay writing. 
Anyone here good at essay writing? Okay, there's a few of us. Good, I'm not, I'm not alone. I would always get great marks on essays, and I think it's because I'm good at arguing. <laughs> Ask Kelly, my darling wife. She'd be happy to confirm that for you. But stress test, okay? Endurance is like going through a stress test. It means you come to the other side of an experience in one piece. You might be bent, but you won't be broken. You'll actually become stronger and more efficient. When I was looking out at my garden, there was a bit of a breeze yesterday, but if you recall the past two weeks or so, we've had some pretty serious wind going on. Most of our plants in the backyard survived, but there were a couple that actually ended up dying because of how strong the wind was. But even the big tall sunflowers, they, they survived it. But the thing is, without the wind, these plants would just stay weak and they would break and fall over at the slightest bump or gust. For those of you who, who do gardening, this is why you start, when you start plants indoors, you have to start putting them outside for little stints at a time. There they get used to the weather and the wind and it makes them stronger. It's called hardening them off. When a person steps over the threshold of faith and receives Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, that's when the journey truly is just beginning. That's when God's like gonna start putting you out on the deck to get hardened off. And if you're gifted with many years of life, believe me, it's much more of a marathon than a sprint. There are trouble, troubling times coming your way no matter who you are. I think it was Pastor Rick Warren who said, in, in life you're either coming out of a storm you're in the midst of a storm or you're heading into a fresh storm. Can anyone relate to that? We're all gonna go through hard times and endurance will be needed to be left standing when they pass. Any area of your life where, where you aren't facing a situation with healthy endurance, I promise you there's a custom storm coming that will reveal that specific weakness in your life. We all go through it, it happens to all of us. Are you unwise with your money? Guess what's coming? A storm that will test your financial endurance. Are you unwise when it comes to taking care of your body? You've probably got a health storm coming. Do you cut corners in parenting because it's just easier not to discipline your kids? There's a family storm coming. Endurance. It takes time, and it takes practice, and it takes development. It's like a muscle. You can't lift zero weight if your goal is to get stronger, right? You can't lift the exact same weight in the exact same way if your goal is to get stronger. You have to incrementally, incrementally get stronger and stronger and heavier and heavier weights. It hurts, it's painful, and it's physically stressful but it does make you stronger in the long run if you're committed to it and consistent. And consistency is a key word in developing endurance. You can't just lift a weight one time and be like, I'm the champion of the world. Take a look as we read Luke 9.23 together. It says, Jesus is saying this, 
Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross annually and follow me. Whoa, you caught that. Daily, every single day, consistent. He's saying we have to practice your faith every single day if you, want to develop, if you want to develop it. You can't just receive me and then that's it. I have a plan for you. And it requires daily commitment and daily sacrifice. There's a cost involved 100% of the time when, in, when developing endurance. If there's no cost being paid, you're not developing anything. I've been doing lots of reminiscing about school lately. And I remember the first track meet. You guys remember going to track meets in elementary school, junior high? The first track meet I attended, I think I was in grade five or six. I was really short, like really, really short. I didn't grow until I think I was 17, maybe 18. Like I would walk around the hallways in school especially in high school, and by the end of the day, I would have the sorest neck just from... This was how I had talked to all my friends. But I was super fast, super shifty. Josh Fry was the fastest kid in our grade, but I don't know, Josh. I think it was just I was being nice and let you win all the time. Maybe we should have a rematch. You're about a year older than me, roughly. Back then it was to your advantage. Right now, maybe it's to my advantage. (laughs) But at the track meet, I remember winning a bunch of the sprint races. The 50 meter, the 100 meter, the 200 meter. And then came the long one. It was, uh, I think it was the 1,000 or the 1,500 meter, I can't remember. And uh, it was like you, you ran around the entire track and then some. Yeah, some of you guys are saying, oh yeah, I remember that. I had never really run that long all at once before. Like even, even in hockey, it's all about just explosive quick speed and you have like a minute long shift and then you're done and you take a break. But I was in for quite a shock with this one. We got ready, we got set, bang, the gun went off, and I was gone in a full-on sprint. I was winning the race until I wasn't. The legs and the lungs began to burn, and the cramp in my side became almost unbearable. I think I finished second last, maybe last. I didn't understand the importance of conserving energy throughout the race rather than spending it all right off the starting line. We must take up our cross consistently in order to build endurance in our faith. So we've established that developing spiritual endurance is important. We must be consistent with it. But what does building endurance look like in the spiritual sense? How do you flesh that out? How do you even know if you have it working? Well, we're going to spend some time on a passage, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And uh, we'll read it together. And then if you guys can, you probably can't fit the whole thing on the screen, eh? Um, Just leave verse 1 up on the screen for a little bit, okay? After we read the whole thing. Therefore... 
since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The disciple who wrote this is assuring you that you are not alone. In verse one, you are not alone. As a matter of fact, not only is God himself with you, which is more than enough, but it says that there's a great cloud of witnesses around you. What does that mean? It's as if you're in a stadium and you have all of heaven there cheering you on. All of the Christians who came before you, all of the angels, and then the Lord Jesus, who is always advocating to the Father on your behalf, all of them are cheering you on. Have you guys ever been to a stadium before that was just packed? It's loud. It's, it's exciting. It's electrifying. In the year 2001, me and some of my best friends got to go to Tumblr Ridge and play a hockey tournament there. It was one of the most exciting times of my sporting life. The teams were all pretty evenly matched, so there, was some in, there were some intense games going on. And they, they came from all over northern BC and northern Alberta. And there were so many people in the stands. We ended up winning the tournament, which was extra special because it was the first memorial tournament for the father of one of the kids on our team. His dad had passed away the year before, and then he, his mom, and his siblings moved from Tumblr Ridge to Grand Prairie, and he ended up on on my team that year. So we got to win his dad's tournament, and if I recall correctly, he was voted the MVP of the whole thing, and not because of the situation, but he actually, like, lit it up. He actually was amazing that tournament. And so it was awesome. It was a great experience for for our whole team, especially for him, I think. But it was just surreal to have so many people cheering us on. This is what we have going on in the spiritual realm, but a billion times bigger. As I said, every Christian who came before us is cheering us on as we struggle to keep enduring the difficulty of the race. Don't give up. You got this. Keep going. Keep going. When you watch a professional race, what are the athletes usually wearing? Tight, light, spandexy type stuff, right? Looks real comfortable. Even speed skaters, they have like these weird aerodynamic helmets that they wear. They're not wearing big, burly, loose-fitting clothes that'll get all tangled up around their legs as soon as they start racing. But that's what sin is. It hinders us from running the race with endurance. We get entangled. We stumble. It slows us down. It causes us to fall and lose. Another version of Hebrews 12.1 says, get rid of anything that weighs you down. Sin, or anything that distracts you from running your race, 
might seem light at first, but as you carry it around, what's going to happen? As you kind of get into the rhythm of running a marathon, what's going to happen? It's going to get heavier and heavier and heavier. Some of you guys might recall a few years ago, Pastor Nelson was preaching a message similar to this one, and we had my son Paxton and James's son Evan run around the auditorium and all the way out the doors and all the way to the back, and, uh, and they just kept doing circles. Uh, they each had a backpack on, and in the backpack we had a weight. Those poor boys were so sweaty by the end, and Paxton, the poor guy, I felt so bad after. The weight in his backpack, his backpack was quite loose. It was actually rubbing a blister into his back. I know. I felt so bad. But he didn't complain. He just kept going. Pastor Nelson got them to do one final lap with no weights in their backpack. And he showed them the reward that awaited them. I think it was a Gatorade and a chocolate bar or something like that. Hey, they were like eight, so that was amazing for them. Those boys flew through that final lap. They had no weight. They had their eyes on the prize. Throw off the sin that so easily entangles us. We need to start with the pet sins. The ones that you know you've been coddling or giving little allowances for here or there. Or you've been allowing God to chisel out certain things. Remember that video, God's Chisel, we watched a couple weeks ago? You've been allowing him to chisel out certain things, but you've been protecting these ones. Start with them first. For they are the heavier weights that you're carrying as you run. Then the rest will seem much easier. And by his grace... God will reveal more and more of the smaller weights that you can lose as you go. So verse two and three, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Are you feeling weary? I don't mean tired. We're all tired. We're adults. That's just part of life. (laughs) But are you weary? Weariness is what will disqualify you from finishing the race that God has set before you. Weariness is what will cause you to give up and quit. Where do you find yourself saying, I can't do this anymore? I've tried, I've tried, but I can't seem to get any traction. I just feel like I'm spinning my tires or I'm too tired to just keep going. Do you feel this way in your faith journey? In your marriage, with your children? in your struggle against sin? How is it possible to get back up if you're too weary to run another step? We just read the answer. It's in verse two. Fix your eyes on Jesus. It's saying, look, 
There's the possibility that you may grow weary and lose heart and want to quit. But here's the solution to that. Fix your eyes on Jesus. First off, look what he had to endure leading up to and on the cross. And he was God, yes. But make no mistake, he was also very much fully human and he felt every ounce of excruciating pain that he had to endure. Yet, he endured because of his great love for us. Consider him. Now I know that around the world people are paying similar costs for their faith. They're being tortured or killed. But that isn't happening in Grand Prairie, Alberta or anywhere else in Canada. So when you're struggling, you can say, well, this sucks. It's okay. You can say that. This is difficult. But it's nothing compared to what Jesus went through for me. I can get back up. I can keep going. But I do get it. We all have certain weaknesses that are exposed by the storms of life. So what does it mean to fix your eyes on Jesus when you're down and out? When you're just stuck and you just can't seem to get moving again no matter what you do? You know what I love about the Bible? It has an answer for every single struggle or sin that we will face in our lives. Every single one has got the answer. Every single stress point has a solution. It's got the solution for your parenting struggles. It's got the solution to your relational struggles. It's got the solution to your sin struggles. It's got the solution, yes, to even your financial struggles. When you take the time to read the scriptures and then act on what they say, you are fixing your eyes on Jesus. The Bible is the word of God. The Bible is the word of Jesus. Nothing in the Bible is written without the permission of Jesus Christ. And when you apply what he says to do, it will change your life. You will get enough strength back to get back up and get back into the race. The more you fix your eyes on Jesus' word and act on what he says to do, the more endurance you will develop as the storms pile on. Because you'll, become, you'll be becoming more like him. And he, and only he, is the pioneer and perfecter of your faith. You don't grow your own faith. Jesus grows your faith. You just do what he says to do. You do things his way and you will grow stronger. Fix your eyes on Jesus. When you grow in endurance, it's actually measurable. You can see it. A storm will come and you'll be able to say something like, wow, a year ago, I don't think I would have been able to handle this. Anybody who's been through Celebrate Recovery probably knows exactly what I'm talking about. You go through a year of that, you are a different person because God has had his way in your heart. He might be going through some similar storms that you did in the past, but man, that was actually not too bad this time. 
You can, you can measure it. You can see the change. Jesus says this in Matthew seven seventeen through 20. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. He's talking about his followers. If you've got your eyes fixed on Jesus and you're doing things his way, your faith will become closer and closer to perfection and good fruit will be growing in many areas of your life. You'll be having an impact on other people. Not because you say or do the right things, but because the spirit of God will be stronger in you and your anointing will increase. So we've looked at what endurance is. It requires stress and testing to become strong. We've looked at how to develop it and how to keep going even when things get really tough. But I'd like to finish with this. Let's stand together. I'd like to finish with this. Why? Why should we want to build endurance in our lives? Well, number one, you can't live out your purpose and potential that God has planned for you without it. You just can't. God's plan isn't cushy and easy. God's plan requires us to have endurance. So that's number one. You can't live out his plan without it. Number two, it's not about you. It's about God, yes, but it's about other people too. If you want to follow Jesus, you must learn to be the servant of all. How do you do this? You develop endurance. Check this out in Hebrews 12, verse 12 and 13. This is just following what we've read. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. When you're at your limit, when you can't take another step, fix your eyes on Jesus and then dig deep and tap into the strength that he provides that you can't conjure within yourself. Because it matters. What you do matters. What you say matters. And how you walk with endurance matters. There are people in your life that God has placed around you that need you to keep pushing forward so that they might not struggle and stumble in, through life but become strong as well. Those who are lame, those who wouldn't otherwise stand a chance need you to develop and endure in your faith so that they can follow in your footsteps and be encouraged and strengthened by your example. One sure way to not have an impact in this world is to give up. Just give up. Give up on your faith. Give up when it gets hard. You're free to do that. but you'll not only be losing out on the fulfillment of your own purpose, 
but you'll be hindering those around you who could have otherwise become strong and go on to develop their own endurance and have spiritual impact on the people in their lives. It matters that you don't give up. And the awesome thing about endurance is it actually gets easier the more you develop it. It's not always an intense struggle. You get incrementally stronger as you go. Build endurance, it's worth it. Let's pray together. If you're here this morning, you've never received Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Savior, I wanna throw this invitation out to you. You can, you can change that right now. You can have Jesus come into your life and begin a brand new journey full of adventure full of pain, but full of adventure. And the thing about pain when you're walking with Jesus is uh, he doesn't waste it. He actually uses it to make us better and make us stronger. So if you'd like to receive Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Savior, you can pray along in the quietness of your heart with me. He already knows your thoughts before you're gonna think them, so... He'll catch this. He'll say, Lord Jesus, today's the day. I've been trying to endure storms all on my own. No more. I'm choosing to receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I want a relationship with you. I'm choosing to believe that you died on the cross for my sins but it didn't end there. You were resurrected from the dead so that I can be resurrected from the dead when I die and be with you in heaven forever. Come into my life. Teach me, Lord. Teach me how to develop healthy endurance. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now for the rest of us here, let's pray for everyone here. Maybe you've thrown in the towel. I want to invite you to fix your eyes on Jesus one more time. I want to encourage you to take a new grip with your tired hands. Strengthen your weak knees. Get back in the race because we need you. We need you. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you haven't left us or forsaken us and you never will. We thank you, God, that when we're in the midst of a storm, going through a hard time in life, we can trust you. And we can trust that while we may not see it at the time, we can trust that the outcome is going to be for our benefit. Because you are the God that is in control of all storms anyways. It's you that's allowing us to go through it, but you promise us that we might bend but if we have you and we focus on you, we will not break. Strengthen us, Lord, I pray. Give us wisdom. Help us to run the race, Lord. We thank you that you are the perfecter of our faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.
Thanks for listening. If you find this program helpful or would like to learn more, please give us a call 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com. 